now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable. Happy Juneteenth. I'm so not used to celebrating Juneteenth. Like, I've known what it is forever. I just, to me, it was a Texas holiday, if not a Southern holiday. I've never in my life celebrated Juneteenth. June 19th is one of my best friend's birthdays. I always celebrate her birthday. You know, now it's a federal holiday and everybody has the day off. It just, I'm not mad at it. Also, like, I don't have a nine to five. So, like, I work for myself. I've worked for myself for, like, 10 years. Every day that I choose not to work, feels like a holiday. It's not even particularly Juneteenth that I feel this way about. Like, I kind of feel it about all holidays. Like, people are like, oh my God, it's a three-day weekend. And I'd be like, yeah, I usually don't work on Mondays. I'm working today on Monday because I'm traveling for the next 13 days. And I usually don't schedule actual physical travel on Tuesdays or Fridays because that's when I tape the podcast. But Tuesday was the easiest and best day to make it to my next destination. So I was like, Tuesday it is. So now I'm recording on Monday, Juneteenth. That and my bestie is in LA. For obvious reasons, I won't be celebrating her birthday with her. She said she might come over for my birthday celebration. I'll be in Europe. So we'll see. We'll see if we can make it happen. There's a bunch of people who are like, I'm going to meet you at XYZ. And I was like, sure. I give everybody all the dates for everything. And I'm like, if you show up, you do. If you don't, you don't. Either way, I'll be there. And I'll have a great time. It's always fun when friends come to visit, when friends make cameos in my life. I appreciate it. I spent Juneteenth before I sat down to do this podcast. I got my hair and my nails done. That's not true. I did my hair because remember I told you I was taking the braids out and I knew it was going to be a bad decision. One of my friends is already in Cannes and I hit her and was like, hey, what's the humidity looking like? She was like, girl, it's humid. It's like Miami in the summer. Keep the braids. I saw her text message and was like... With these roots, though, like my hair just grows fast. There's there's nothing I can do about it. Either that or they didn't do the knotless tight like they should. But they did, though. I have pictures. Like, my parts were right. My hair just grows fast. But my roots look raggedy. I was like, I don't want to show up and have old braids. Plus, they weren't done the way I wanted them. Anyway, I took my hair out. I thought it was going to take like two and a half hours. Somehow it took six. My braids weren't even that small this time. It just took forever. I don't know why it took so long. But I started watching Yellow Jackets. Apparently, I got this free subscription to Showtime. I don't know where it appeared from. And so I was like, oh, well, what's on Showtime? I thought maybe I would rewatch some of the shot, but I saw Yellow Jacket. And I remember some people, actually, a lot of people had reached out to me because, you know, I talk about TV. So people would be like, oh, D, you should check out this show. I think you would really like it. I would say 95% of the shows that people recommend to me because they know what I like. I really enjoy a good one hour drama. But they recommend stuff to me and I'd be like, "Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I'm unfamiliar. I don't know. And then one day I'll be bored and be like, well, let me check this out. Between yesterday and today, it hasn't even been 24 hours. I watched nine episodes of Yellow Jackets. I was like, well, let me just watch the pilot. And then I watched the shot. Hooked. 
hooked after one episode, sat on the floor in the bathroom for a full six hours and was actually kind of mad when I got the last braid out because it was midway through an episode. And I was like, well, let me just take the laptop upstairs and finish watching it. Climbed in the bed with free dirty hair to finish watching TV. It was light outside. It was six o'clock in the damn morning. I'm trying to see what happens next. I woke up this morning and I washed my hair, olaplexed it, conditioned it, twisted it. That took like three hours. And I watched some more episodes. I was like, this is good TV. And I wanted to be like, why come nobody told me about it? But like tons of people did. I just didn't listen. The marketing for it is weird. Yellow jackets, like that's not telling me anything. And then like I went and found the poster. It's like a deer head with like a net over it. And then like a body with like a soccer jacket. It didn't appeal to me. If somebody had told me that it was like, because there was a show really similar to Yellow Jackets that was on Amazon that I really, really liked. The Wilds. The first season was really good. The second season was weird. But I really like shows about teenagers being abandoned in the woods. And then like all sense of society goes to shit in like month two. And then everybody goes straight survival instinct or lets out their pure crazy. It's excellent. I like The Wilds. There used to be this Japanese series. I used to order the movies back in 2001. I would order them from Amazon UK. It was called Battle Royale. It's about these Japanese kids. They put in the middle of the wild and then like let them, you know, duke it out for the death. What's Katniss in them? Hunger Games, same thing. It's all based on Lord of the Flies. I think that was an original idea. But I actually like the idea of it. If somebody had told me years ago, like Yellow Jackets, It's teenage girls abandoned in the middle of nowhere. And then they have to survive. I would have been like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know. But that's just like kind of what it is. Because most of those shows or films or or books, it's always about the survival of the fittest and who can actually make it out. I like what The Wilds does because it talks about the people who survived and what, what happened to their lives or where they are in their lives 20 years later and how the experience of being, you know, trapped in the wild affects them in different ways it's really good it's a smart show i remember it racked up a whole bunch of awards and i was like what is this show that i've never heard of that keeps winning all these awards now that i'm watching it i'm like oh so season one and season two are out i heard season two is not that great season two of the wilds wasn't that great either it got canceled i think it was really bad and i was like what is this they had such a great idea they just kind of lost the plot i hope season two of Yellow Jackets isn't as bad as season two of The Wilds because it was it was really bad. But that's how I spent my Juneteenth watching random Amazon and grooming myself. I got my lashes done. I was like, can you give me a little extra fluff, a little razzle dazzle? She did. It's not too fluffy. It's not giving snuff a luff against, but I usually like for them to look very natural. Now it looks like I'm wearing a strip lash. Yes, I just paid this woman an insane amount of money to look like I'm wearing a strip lash. The point is, is that I don't actually have to put a strip lash on when I leave the house. That's all I care about. That extra five minutes to get the strip lash on right, it drives me up a wall. Um, And then I got my nails done. I went to this new place. It was down the street from my lash place. I got a French manicure, but instead of like the white, it's like gold chrome. It's really cute. He did a really good job. The last place that did my nails, they made them like very dainty. Like I like square nails, but they like rounded them too much. They just look very like, they look like very Charlotte. I wanted them to look more like Queen Latifah. It just, yeah, it just, it wasn't giving. But they're cute. The new guy did like a really good job. He gave it some razzle dazzle and cut them down. 
I have like hard gel on my nails so my nails don't really break anymore. So my nails grow out really long and nobody wants to cut them. And I'm like, yo, I have to type on my phone and I have to edit for a living. One, I don't like the noise that my nails make on the phone. And then two, I don't, it's just difficult to edit when you got these long ass nails. I'm not really a long nails person, but whatever. I'm rambling. Did I do anything exciting? No. Over the weekend, I just went to Brixton to hang out. I went to this Jamaican spot and I had this rum punch that put me on my ass. Like I had the first one and she was like, oh, you want to top up? And I was like, yeah. And so she was like, I'm going to top it up with a small. And I was like, no, I could do like another, you know, like regular. And she was like, no, you can't. (laughs) She, she was the owner. I'm like, you know, better than I do. You know how much Ray and nephew you put in there. I don't, but she topped it up with the small. And then I got, I kind of got stuck and had to like stay at the restaurant and drink water for a minute. Cause I was like, I am drunk in public. Like I am drunk. Yeah, that's it. Everything else has just been prepping for this like 13 day adventure. Like I'm doing three countries, four cities. It's still not entirely pulled together, but it will be. I hope I figure it out. I just got to make the first plane. Everything else can be figured out from there. There's a lot going on this week. We're all over the place. We're not going to go in the order that we usually do. Last week's episode, I had to add on a little bit at the end because we were waiting for Adam Silver to announce what was going on with John Morant. Like, I think I've been saying all along, I thought he was going to be like kicked out the NBA. I was fully expecting that to happen. I thought that that would have been the appropriate response. Adam Silver had more grace than I expected him to give. 25-game suspension, which I think is, again, grace. I'm reading this on ESPN because I didn't actually see the announcement when we spoke last episode. I'd only seen the final penalty. This is what NBA Commissioner Adam Silver put out in a statement. He said John Moran's decision to once again wield a firearm on social media is alarming and disconcerting given his similar conduct in March for which he was already suspended eight games. The potential for other young people... To emulate Jaw's conduct is particularly concerning. Under these circumstances, we believe a suspension of 25 games is appropriate and makes clear that engaging in reckless and irresponsible behavior with guns will not be tolerated. Silver added, prior to his return to play, Morant will be required to formulate and fulfill a program with the league that directly addresses the circumstances that led him to repeat this destructive behavior. I don't, I don't know what that means. He will be required to formulate and fulfill a program. Is this going to be like Kyrie Irving? That's what I'm thinking of. When Kyrie Irving put up that video that was perceived as anti-Semitism and then he wouldn't explain that it wasn't or denounce anti-Semitism, all that shit. And the NBA was like, yeah, like these are all the things that you're going to have to do in order to get back into the league. That's why this sounds familiar. John Morant did have to do a bunch of stuff before and did. Because he had to apologize, and then he had to go to inpatient therapy. There was some other stuff that they made him do. And then he did the same shit again. That's why I was like, just kick his ass out, because he don't get it. He don't want to get it. According to all my friends who watch basketball, he's an amazing fucking player. And that's the only reason that they're tolerating, because it's tolerating to keep him in the league. But that's the only reason that they're tolerating this shit, because he really is like a force in the NBA. ESPN notes that... Morant will be ineligible to participate in any public league or team activities, including preseason games, during the suspension. 
He was set to make around $33.5 million this season. He now stands to lose just over $300,000 per game or approximately $7.5 million. He don't care. He didn't care the first time. Why are you going to care the second time? He doesn't care. This is what John Morant had to say. I almost don't even want to waste the breath to read it. You could tell I'm over him. I'm so over him. This is what John Morant had to say. Quote, I've had time to reflect. Again, because this is the second time he did this shit. It's like they just cut and pasted the shit he said from the first time. Because literally, he did the same shit. I'm so over this dude. I've had time to reflect and I realize how much hurt I've caused. Do you? I want to apologize to the NBA, the Grizzlies, my teammates, the city of Memphis, Adam Silver, Zach Kleiman, Robert Pear, who gave me the opportunity to be a professional athlete and has supported me. I'm sorry for the harm I've done. To the kids who look up to me, I'm sorry for failing you as a role model. I promise I'm going to be better. Are you? To all of my sponsors, I'm going to be a better representation of our brand. And to all of my fans, I'm going to make it up to you. I promise. He continues. I'm spending the offseason and my suspension continuing to work on my own mental health and decision making. I'm also going to be training so that I'm ready to go when I can be back on the court. I know my teammates are going to hold it down. And I'm so sorry I won't be out there with you at the beginning of the season. I hope you'll give me a chance to prove to you over time I'm a better man than what I've been showing you. I don't, I don't believe you. You need more people. I believe in grace for those that seek it. The first time around when he did this shit, I think I said then, like, he's lucky his ass didn't get thrown out the NBA because, like, that's some dumb shit. And then to do the same shit two months later? (sighs) You know, there's another video of him playing with the gun. There's the first one from March, and then there's the one that got him suspended for 25 games. There's also another one where he's playing with the toy gun while he lights some candles. I was like, like, clearly he likes guns, right? By the Second Amendment of the United States, he has a right to bear arms. If he likes guns, so be it. I don't understand why he has to like guns on Instagram Live. You can't like guns just without it being recorded. Do you only like guns when the camera is rolling? FYI, Nike said they're not leaving him. Nike said they're going to stick beside him. I was like, how many shoes is this boy selling? Nike was like, we're not trying to get rid of somebody because they're controversial and left out here with shoes we can't sell, losing hundreds of millions of dollars. They were like, nah, we're going to stick beside him. Adidas and Kanye, we didn't watch what they did. We're going to stick beside this one. At least we're going to sell out the inventory we currently have. Also, just worth noting, I think 25 games is, is graceful. Again, I thought he should have been kicked out. What is MBPA? Is that the Players Association? Shortly after Adam Silver said John Morant was out for 25 games, the MBPA executive director said the suspension was, quote, excessive and inappropriate. They said Ja has expressed his remorse and accepted responsibilities for his actions, and we support him unequivocally as he does whatever is necessary to represent himself, our players, and our league in the best possible light. We will explore with job all options and next steps. I know it's their job to stand up for the players. I get it. I get it. But no. Stop coddling this boy. Be thankful he didn't get kicked out the damn league. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. 
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. And good news. Does this count as news? I mean, I guess. Beyonce has been going on a posting spree on Instagram. I guess maybe it's to celebrate Juneteenth. She keeps switching outfits as part of her tour. And so she's been posting her fashion and blue on her page. She's posted like eight or nine times in the last 24 hours. Something's up. Is she about to announce like a Netflix drop, a live album, a video, some form of visuals? Something's coming. Anytime she's gone on a posting spree before, and I've never seen anything like this, something major has dropped. Are we about to get a new album in the middle of the tour? Are we getting a video? Like something, something's up. Also, we found Solange, or rather Solange felt like being seen, and so Solange popped out. Apparently... Because I follow Miss Tina's page. I told you I follow Miss Tina because she gives you the behind the scenes tea. Apparently, Solange has been um, blowing glass. She's making handmade glass. She's always into something that you would never expect. Like last time it was like, oh yeah, Solange is writing symphonies for the ballet. Like what? Well, no, this time Solange is... Mama Tina posted a picture of Solange. Quote, at the launch of her new collection of beautiful hand-blown original glassware. And a collaboration with Crown Royal. Mama Tina says the glassware is exquisite. Okay. And then Solange went ahead and posted a series of of nice photos. A photo of herself. And then photos from the event. So that's where Solange has been. She also posted a bunch of pictures today for Juneteenth. Solange looking like Solange. Which I mean she looks good. And one of the pictures, actually two of the pictures, she's smoking on something. (laughs) Is it a joint? Is it a cigarette? I don't know. It's Solange. She got on one of her little Solange outfits. Her skin is beautiful. Jesus. Yeah, Solange, Solange. I don't know where she is in these photos, though. I mean, I don't think they're all in the same place. One of them looks Europey in the background. But yeah, Solange appears well. It is good and fine. I appreciate the wellness update. Thank you for coming out. We'll see you again in what, like another six months to a year? Tyler Perry. I've been on Tyler Perry watch because we still trying to figure out like who bought BET, if anyone. 
Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Again, still no credible source has said that Tyler Perry has bought BET. In fact, I was reading a story on Forbes from four days ago. Four days ago is way after the announcement that Tyler Perry had purchased BET. It's a pretty lengthy article. And it's also pretty run-of-the-mill about Tyler Perry. There's not really much, if any, new news. I mean, it's a whole article on Tyler Perry in which they interviewed Perry. Like, most of the article is a Q&A, but there's like the bio part, the making of the mogul. They asked him, like, when in your life did you know you were destined for something more? He talks about the power of ownership. They ask him about Tyler Perry Studios. They ask him what they want his legacy to be. Um, There's not a word in here about the purchase of BET. And again, this article came out four days ago, June 15th. Literally, BET is not mentioned in the article other than to say that he's worked with BET Plus. He had a lot of shows on BET Plus, but there's nothing in this article about the purchase of BET. So I really don't want to talk about this next topic, but we have to because it's everywhere. Father's Day. My father had a good Father's Day. He and my mom and another couple went to dinner. Social media, for the most part, I thought people behaved well on Father's Day. Sometimes Father's Day can be a real shit show on social media. A lot of people have a lot of father issues and they left them free on Father's Day. I saw... On um on Van Lathan's page, this was not Van Lathan saying this. Van Lathan was reposting someone who said it and was actually like, this man needs help. And was encouraging people to be better fathers to their kids so that they don't end up like this man. A lot of people thought Van was endorsing what I'm about to say next. So this man hey, wrote Happy Father's Day to Kevin Samuels, a.k.a. the deceased cult leader. And he said, you know, I know you don't have biological children of your own, which is not factual. He does, in fact, have at least one daughter who came out and said that her father was basically a deadbeat and wasn't involved in her life. The guy says, you know, even though you didn't have biological children of your own, like I want to wish you a happy Father's Day for being like a father to me. I mean, you know what? You know what? Sometimes I say things and people are like, Demetria, that's not what they said, because no one would say that. Because that's crazy. No one would actually do that. Oh, yeah, they would. Oh, yeah, they would. This is what the guy tweeted. I'm going to read you the quote. It's at King T 613. Where's 613? Where's 613? I wouldn't be proud if I was from 613 right now. He wrote, Happy Father's Day to Kevin Samuels. You didn't have any biological kids, but you were like a father to me and many other men. And Van wrote, I'm begging y'all to raise these kids for all of us. Yeah. Imagine, imagine, imagine this, this man is out here in the world, maybe trying to date somebody's daughter or son. He's trying to partner and put his penis in somebody. And he's out here so broken that he's wishing a happy father's day to a cult leader who he never met, who is dead, who he doesn't know basic biographical information about. Like he has a whole child. Kevin Samuels was one of the most misogynistic people I have ever seen online. His legacy is promoting misogyny and hatred. And so many men put him up on an absolute pedestal to the point that they feel like he's their father. That's some scary shit. You know what else is scary? 
terrible transition, but the one we're going to go with. The shit that Russell Simmons' family is saying about him. It's not alleged that they said it. It's alleged what he's doing. So Kimora and Aoki have both blasted Russell Simmons, ex-husband to one, father to the other, online in the last 24 hours. Ming, the oldest daughter, I wouldn't say she blasted, but you know, she she kind of did. She's more subtle. She didn't go live on Instagram, but it is a shit show in the Simmons family. Usually I stay away, or even if I mention it, I don't go too deep into like online family dramas. There's usually years, if not decades of bullshit involved that lead to public outbursts. I'm thinking of Kirk Franklin and his son. His son released a video of Kirk Franklin like losing it. There was also Master P and Romeo. They had a moment. That one I really didn't like discussing because there was a death in their immediate family. Master P's daughter, Romeo's sister. I don't know if it was ever publicly confirmed what happened to her. I assumed it was suicide. It could have been an overdose, but it definitely wasn't like she was ill for a long time. It wasn't natural causes because she was in her early 20s. I'm not really sure if I ever read specifically what happened. That's not my business. She is gone, but they had a public falling out initiated by little Romeo, called his dad out. They're clearly as a family dealing with a major trauma of the daughter slash sister being deceased. However she left, she is gone. That's a lot. I wanted them to take it offline, especially because I was like, there's nothing that we could do. Like as the public, like you're airing this out. Because you're frustrated, you may not feel you have any other recourse, but there's nothing as the public that we can do. And really, y'all need some deep, deep therapy. Same thing with um, Kirk Franklin. Kirk Franklin, the way he was speaking to his son, he lost it. Like, he just completely and utterly lost it. Like, he was at his wit's end. I didn't get the impression from that scenario that that was how Kirk Franklin behaves on a, nor- on a regular basis. I got the sense that, like, he lost it in a moment and his son recorded it. It was very ugly. It was very awful. It's not something I condone, but acknowledging that sometimes you lose it. Sometimes you do. I, I, I have lost it on more than one occasion. I'm not proud of some of the things that I said or some of the things I did. I would like to think that I was better than that. This situation with Russell, to me, is a little different. It seems, and not even it seems, his family is alleging that he has been terrorizing them behind the scenes and he's taking advantage of the fact that he is media mogul Russell Simmons and everyone knows him and he believes this according to his daughter that people love him and no one will ever believe that he's acting this way even if they tell people because he is MF Russell Simmons so in this instance I almost feel like the family coming forward is a last resort, maybe a tool, if you will, to get him to stop his behavior with them. Let's go back to the beginning. On Father's Day, Ming Simmons, who, as far as I knew, had a great relationship with her dad. I've seen pictures of them, videos of them, both on her page and his, over the years. I've literally watched these little girls grow up in the public eye. He seemed to be a very engaged, involved father. The girls seemed like daddy's girls. Like they really like, you know, adored their dad. 
had no idea there was any discord there. Ming Simmons wishes her mother, Kimora, a happy Father's Day. And everybody was like, wait, what? Because why would you wish your mother a happy Father's Day when, as far as we know, your father is active, involved, maybe not present because he's moved to Bali. Part of that, I think, is because of the many sexual assault accusations, if not charges, that he was facing in the U.S. I think that's part of the up and move to Bali, but that's just me speculating. So maybe not as present as he may like to be. As far as the public, I say new, but I should probably say assumed, we thought everything was good. But Ming wishing her mother a happy Father's Day kind of indicates that like your father ain't really stepping up. That story starts to circulate. It ends up on several blogs. Word gets back to Russell Simmons, who is none too pleased at what his daughter's Father's Day wish to her mother implies. And then he posts, it's a sign. I don't know where he went and found this sign, but he posted on his stories. The sign says, stop telling fathers they should have fought harder to see their children and start asking mothers why he had to fight at all. Hmm. I've seen men who are not involved with their children or who have been called deadbeats refer to similar rhetoric as a defense of why they're not involved in their children's lives. Like they'll say like the mother is just unbearable. She makes it impossible for me to see the kids. She's just disagreeable. And she tells the kids terrible things and she turned the children against me. And that's why I'm not involved in the child's life. Some of that may be true for some people with Russell. We're discussing children who are grown. The youngest daughter just graduated from college. She's grown. Her sister's a few years older than her. Up until literally Sunday, when Ming sent Happy Father's Day to her mother, we, the public, were all under the impression that that Russell was an active, joyful, loved presence in his children's lives. Like, we've watched them grow up between you and Kimora All these years, we had no idea that there was friction literally until Ming sends this happy Father's Day message. Like, are you saying she turned the children against you when they were adults? Like when they were in their late teenage years? Was this before or after you moved to Bali and all those accusations about sexual assault came out? Is that Kimora? Or is that your past maybe catching up with you? I'm asking a question, not making an accusation. That just doesn't make sense to me. Like, so you had a great relationship with the children up until their high school years. And then Kimura suddenly started brainwashing them away from you. Kimura was none too pleased with the accusation that she was brainwashing the children. We found out later that there was so much more going on behind the scenes. But I just kind of want to talk about this in the order that it happened. So we can kind of cover most of it. It's too much to actually cover. But Kimora went live this morning. She said it was 8.30 a.m. Everybody else in the house was asleep. She went live this morning to address Russell, not by name. But she was incensed at the idea that she has been brainwashing the children. She said a whole lot. She said shortly before the girls' graduations, 
that Russell just abruptly cut them off. She said the girls were getting some form of an allowance and she said Russell just decided to just stop and never even had a conversation with the girls. She said Russell is broke, which I was like, wait, Russell Simmons? I guess that's why he cut the kids off abruptly because he ain't got no money. She said that she and her ex-husband, those two have been financially covering, paying for Russell and his businesses for the last few years. She said that she and Russell have no relationship whatsoever, that he's been blocked from her phone, that he has no relationship with his daughters, and it's been this way for years. Because of his actions and choosing, she said she has nothing to do with it. She said Russell lies about his relationship with her. She said he'd been sending flowers to himself and saying that they are from Kimor. People would tell her, like, Russell has some flowers and it says that they're from Kimor. And she's like, I didn't send him no flowers. Like, he's sending flowers to himself. And she was like, I have receipts for all of this. Okay. She said, you know, at one point they were in a really good space. She's She mentioned that they've been divorced for, she couldn't remember exactly when she got divorced from him, but she said around 20 years. You know, she said, we used to have a great relationship. And she said, Russell used to be everywhere talking about how we had a great relationship, how Kimora was a great mother, how she was a great friend, how they still called each other for advice. She said they were good. And she was like, and then things changed because of him. Kimora cried. She cried a lot. She seemed really upset. Like she, she accused him. She said, you know, there's a lot of mind games. There's manipulation. There's lies. And she said, people just don't know what I've been dealing with. And so some people pointed out and they were like, well, Kamora, you know, like maybe this is some karma. I'm not saying it's karma. I'm telling you what people said. Because, you know, a couple weeks ago, there was an incident with like Misa and Diddy. And, and you popped up, you know, all in the tea. That wasn't your business, but you popped up and was like, who I need to call, what we need to do, where we need to go. And we said at the time, without even knowing any of this drama going on with you and Russell, this current drama that was, that was, that was behind the scenes at that point, we were like, why are you publicly getting in the middle of this? This is not your drama. Stop giving a shit when it's not your turn. So why a reference? They also said like, hey, Kamora, hey, you've been messy too. They talked about the Kardashians and when they turned on Jordan and she was just a kid at the time. You jumped in the midst of that and attacked that girl, that young girl. You were a grown woman in your 40s. You were attacking a young woman and who's still to this day in her early 20s. And that was a few years ago. And they were like, Kamora, you've been messy. They were also like, Kamora, you know, Russell does have some rightful beef with you. Because Russell accuses you and your ex-husband of, of stealing about $250 million American USD dollars in dineros. That's some shit that somebody would, you know, mind games, manipulation, harassment, acting crazy. $250 million is some shit that would really set some people over the edge. You know, Kamora, like, are, are, you, are we having proper context here? Now, Kamora said she didn't address it directly, but but I did see a part of the video where she was like, yeah, sometimes I do pop off for other people. And she said, it's because I can't. And she was like, there's a lot of women who dated high profile men. They put themselves and their lives and their finances on the back burner because the guy said, I got you. I'll take care of you. And in the end, they didn't. And the women don't have their own. And they may still financially rely on the men for survival. And so they can't pop off. And she was like, I have my own shit. I have my own money. I have my own brands. I have my own businesses. I can pop off and say shit. Nobody cuts checks for me. I cut my checks. 
I don't rely on a man for survival so I can speak my piece. And so she said, yes, sometimes I do show up and I do pop off when other people can't because I can't and no one can touch me. I'm just telling you what she said. She didn't directly say that it was about the Misa situation. I don't know how that applies to the Kardashian situation because they got their own money. And Misa also has her own money. Misa, stay with a brand deal. I don't know if she has tens of millions, but Misa's checks don't bounce. I'd be shocked, shocked if Misa's still relying on Diddy money. Shocked. That's not the point. The point is, Kimora went live. She had much to say about Russell. The most important part, she talked for like 30 minutes at 8.30 in the morning. Her friend came over in the middle of the live and was like, girl, cut this shit off. Kimora had more to say. What she wanted everybody to know, though, is that Russell has been acting a whole ham-ass fool behind the scenes. And she was like, leave us alone. We've blocked you. You are literally on the other side of Earth by your own choosing. So stay over there and be over there. Leave what's over here, over here, and let us be. Because we are making it despite you. We don't need you coming in, interrupting, and being any more of a disruption than you have already been to us. Aoki went a little further. Aoki posted a video, or she went live, of herself crying, looking distraught and puffy faced over her father. I'm paraphrasing, but she was like, he's basically a menace. She was like, he's been harassing me. He's been harassing my mother. He's been harassing my sister. She accused her father of crazy shit. Like, he sent people to the house to try to force her older sister, Ming, to sign over her inheritance. I guess because he needs the money. Because again, according to Kimora, he's broke. But she was like, he calls me, my sister, my mother, my friends, my boyfriend. She basically calls anyone and goes off on these like manic, hate-filled rages where he's calling everybody a bunch of bitches. If you've ever been around Russell Simmons... At one point in my life, I had a good friend that worked for him. So I was at a lot of Russell Simmons events. The man curses like a sailor. Every other word is bitch, shit, or motherfucker. It just rolls off the tongue. On stage, on a microphone, a whole bunch of sponsors in the room. I'm thinking about the event he used to do in the Hamptons. I can't remember the name of it. He would be on the microphone like midday on a Saturday. Everyone's in their pastel finery. Cursing like we're like shooting dice in East New York. I mean, pre-gentrified East New York. He got a mouth on him. Her being like, oh, he curses everybody out. He does actually curse everybody out. That's just how your father speaks. But then she also posted video. She was like, I couldn't figure out how to get the audio to work. But like, look at him. He was practically frothing at the mouth. He was so like enraged. So she was like, yeah, he does this all the time. She also posted screenshots of WhatsApp messages. Because again, he's overseas. He's in Bali. She posts screenshots of WhatsApp messages, conversations that she's had with her father, where he's like, your mother ain't shit. And she stole my money. And she was like, stop saying that about my mother. And he was like, she ain't shit because she ain't shit because she stole my money. And she was like, I have repeatedly asked you not to put me in the middle of this. I don't want to discuss this with you. This is between y'all. This has nothing to do with me. It is highly inappropriate for parents to put the kids in the middle of their shit. You shouldn't be forced to choose sides between your parents. Like your father should not be telling you that your mother ain't shit. If you think she ain't shit, so be it. Go tell your boys that. Aoki was like, usually I could take it. My sister and my mother get really upset about it. They're more gentle souls than I am. She basically was like, I'm about that life. But she was like, today, like it's too much. 
Apparently, he like revved up from like his usual 10 and went to a 15 after the Father's Day post. Like he just went full batshit. And she was like, we've told him he needs to get help. She said, my father has not always been like this. She was like, I loved my dad. He was a great father. Like, this is new. I don't know what's happening to him. He's all the way over there in Bali. Like, we've told him he needs help. We can't force an intervention with him on the other side of the world. But like, something has happened to him. And she was like, I don't know if it's because he's older. I don't know if he's bipolar. I don't know what's going on. But she was like, my father is not okay. And then she posted like exhibit A and exhibit B and exhibit C. I don't like that their family drama is online. We, the public, can't do anything other than offer empathy and sympathy. But I think that applies to almost anything anybody shares online. Short of asking for a GoFundMe, which you're like, no, I really need y'all to, you know, palpably do something like send me money. He also said that he blatantly says, like, go tell people if you want. No one will believe you because I'm fucking Russell Simmons. So now she's telling people. I think it might be like a genuine fear of like, you know, like it's escalating at the point where she's like, he sent somebody to the house to try to force Ming to sign something. That's crazy. Like, that's that's some goon shit on your daughter. I saw many people in the comments. They were like, yo, this man has provided for you. He's your father. Again, Kimora was like, I, I take care. I, I do. Because I have. I do. Because he's not doing. He stopped doing. Ming was like, he hasn't bought me so much as a... Did she, what, did, what did she specifically say? She said, a smoothie or a taxi cab ride. He has paid for nothing for years. Nothing. And she was like, I'm an adult. I don't need him to pay for things. She was like, I work. I have a modeling career. I have a degree. I can put that to use. Just so we're clear, like people who are like, oh, you know, you're spoiled and your father is a millionaire and blah, blah, blah. She was like, he pays for nothing. Nothing. For years. I was like, oh, God. You putting up with this shit from a bro father? It's bad either way. But still, he acts a whole fucking fool and don't even try to like buy your forgiveness. She also said he was trying to block her modeling career because, you know, he's, he's involved in fashion. He had Fat Farm and, and some other offshoot brands. People are like, this is a family issue. Keep it off the Internet. Keep it inside. Like, I think if what the family alleges is true, then part of the reason it's gone on so long is because it's it is private. It is secret. Being publicly embarrassed or realizing like you're being recorded or your daughters or your ex-wife will actually speak up if that'll stop the crazy shit from happening, if that's what they need to do to stop it, so be it. That's the distinction I was making between some of the other family issues that we've discussed on here and this one. Like, this is an ongoing issue. It's been going on for years in silence, and it didn't stop. Like, so the silence doesn't stop it. Maybe speaking out will. I mean, try some new shit, because the old shit's not working. But this is an ongoing issue as opposed to like a seeming one off or, you know, a direct trauma has happened and it's playing out online. And maybe now that people are aware this man needs help because the video and, and the WhatsApp, like if nothing else, he needs to go sit with the therapist because like boundaries have been crossed. Something's going on. If he won't listen to his family, maybe, you know, he has he has man friends. Maybe one of his man friends will call him and be like, bruh, maybe Diddy will go fly out to Bali. Go sit with Russell and convince him that, you know, it's time to get some help. Diddy's kids love him. You can say what you want about Sean Combs. You can say, and you can say a lot of negative things. He keep his kids with him. They be with him all the time. Even before Kim's unfortunate passing, the kids was always with him. Christian practically lived on his hip.
Maybe Diddy can have a conversation with him. Or Kevin Lyles. Last time he was in the States, he and Kevin Lyles were palling around together. Kevin Lyles seems to be a present and active father. He, he stays somewhere with his kids. I follow him on Instagram. Last time I saw him, he had the girls for the weekend. His older children from a previous marriage. And then young girls. I'd probably say they're probably like 7 and 10, maybe. Real, real pretty girls. He had them out on the golf course. He taught them how to drive the golf cart. And then got shocked when they like rode off in it. <laughs> I was like, what did you expect? He's an active, present, and silly father. Maybe he go talk to his boy. Because your daughter, your whole daughter, wishing her mother a happy Father's Day, it says a lot about how she feels about you. All right. That's not everything. And I'm recording this on Monday so I can edit it on Tuesday while I'm traveling. Watch some crazy shit happen tomorrow. This happens every time I have to do the podcast a day in advance. All right. Not everything. It's what we've got. Surely there'll be updates to the Simmons family saga later this week. This is totally not the end of this one. We'll keep an eye on it. I wish the best for all the Simmons. I need everybody to like bring it down to a 10. Bring it down to a 10. We will talk on Friday. All right. Bye.